Hi, I'm Hallie, and I'm here to welcome you to The Odd Life, that's spelled A-W-E-D, which stands for Awake, Well, and Empowered. You see, I feel that women who are living odd have such important stories that need to be heard so they can inspire us to find our own oddness. I want this to be a space where you come to laugh, cry, feel inspired, and most of all, feel more connected to yourself and the women in this odd life community. I'll be talking with women who are practitioners, authors, experts, entrepreneurs, creatives, coaches, philanthropists, and so many more, as well as doing solo casts to bring you what you need when you need it. No matter where you are on your journey in this life, why not go through it odd AF? Again, I'm your host, Hallie, and this is the Odd Life Podcast. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Today is going to be a solo cast, and we're going to talk about the years in the middle of your life. God willing, right? We hope this is the middle. I'm talking about this because we don't talk about it enough. We kind of get here and then we go, oh my gosh, what happened? How did I get here? What is all this stuff that's happening? We get taught about puberty and fertility and all those things when we're in middle school, high school, and we don't talk about what will happen later in life. We watch our parents go through stuff. Whether or not that's normal, I don't know. And if you're if you're in the middle now, your parents, it might be in the early 80s or 90s when they were going through this. And so much has changed since since then. And I really think it's important to talk about it. So if you're not this age yet and you're like, oh, this doesn't apply to me, I think it's really important to listen because you need to have this conversation. It's like the class you didn't get in school. And not that I'm the expert, but I've, I'm living through it. I'm going through it. I've learned some things and I'm going to share, I don't know, the ups and downs, the messy parts, the marvelous parts. There's all kinds of things that are happening. And I think we should talk about it. And as I go through this, you're going to realize that this conversation is going to be sponsored by the letter M. As I wrote a bunch of things down, uh, I noticed that M was kind of the common common letter that kept coming up, all the topics I wanted to talk about. At the middle, it's all the things. It's, It's messy all the way to marvelous. And I think it's important to know what is kind of happening in middle life. And I think it's got this bad stigma that it's always a crisis. Like you hit a, you hit like this freak out moment and you go buy the dumb car, you, you divorce your spouse, you run off to God knows where, like there's this, oh my gosh, people, you know, tend to lose their shit when they hit middle life. That's not necessarily the case. There are moments when you think like that, and that comes down to hormones and all kinds of cuckoo stuff. But, but I think it's important to realize it's not just like, Midlife is not about the midlife crisis. There's so many wonderful things that are happening right now too. So let's get into it. Let's start with our first M. I'm going to say motherhood. Um, if you are a father listening to this, then you can you know insert fatherhood in there. But I think mothers, it hits a little different in midlife. We tend to be the caretakers. We tend to be the ones that are making sure everybody's where they need to go. There's a lot of single parents out there, men and women, and you're doing it all. And I know these days families look, you know, there's all different shapes and sizes to families. I'm just speaking from my perspective. So insert yourself however you need to in this conversation. But for me, motherhood has dramatically changed. Like the kids are almost grown. I only have one left at home. 
and he's in high school. He's a 16 year old, about turned 17, been driving, right? So I don't have to do the pickup. I don't have to do the drop off. I don't have to get them to practice. I don't have to take them to the dance. I don't have to, you know, all those things. We're no longer needed as much in midlife. I mean, we still travel to see the, our older kids. We've got one that just graduated college, but she played college soccer. We've got one that's right now a sophomore that's playing college baseball. So we have been traveling to see them play and do all that, which is great. So we are busy in that sense, but it's different. Like they don't need us as much. And that's a different feeling. Like all of a sudden there's this little bit of freedom. There's a little bit of like, all right, I can do the things I want to do. So this is where it's marvelous. Um, Yes, saying goodbye to your kids and sending them off into the world and they're no longer in their bedroom when you, you know, you're getting up in the morning and there's not all the noise, there's not all the kids. That can be looked at as two different things, right? It can be looked as oh, amazing. There's some peace in this house or just that it's empty. And you can look at them both ways. Some days it's great. Some days it sucks. And so there's that kind of dichotomy all the time. Like you missed your kids, but man, it feels good to have like peace and quiet for a little bit. All the years of squabbling and alarms going off at different times and people yelling to go out the door to get to school, that's all gone. And so it's kind of a strange place. This, this all of a sudden, the sense of quiet is a little different. So there's that part of motherhood that changes. However, if you do still have kids that are home, like I said, I've got one. What I've realized is that their ears are closed from about 14 to 19 years old. What I say bounces right off. It does not penetrate through the ear holes. People, anybody that's got kids that age, please prove me wrong, but I don't think I am. Nothing lands until they move out of the house. And the other thing I'll realize though, is that if somebody else says the same thing you've been saying for about 4,000 years, but all of a sudden it starts to make sense to them because somebody else said it. So God help us all. I'm trying not to lose my mind with that as well. However, with all this growing up, all these kids are up and moving out of the home. It changes our role as mothers, as parents, because our responsibilities are shifting and it's kind of a crazy place to be. And I know this is obvious. We all know this is going to happen, but it's just when you're in the middle of it, it's kind of nuts. Like, oh my gosh, here we are. Wow. Okay. So that is one thing that's been kind of both messy and marvelous. I've been, you know, missing my daughter and calling her and wanting to FaceTime consistently. And she's like, I have nothing new to report lady. Like I'm doing the same thing I did two days ago, but it's just that <laughs> missing them and having conversations with them. And, and another thing is, is that they're freaking fun to hang out with when they're older. That sucks. You get them sent off and then you want to hang out with them more because they're really freaking cool. They're no longer giving you attitude. They're no longer, you know, you know, talking back, man, that's another thing that's kind of, it's cool, but it's tough when they're not around and you're like, I just want to hang out with you now because you're really fun and we're having great conversations. And, but it's really cool to see your kids go off and do their thing and live their lives and find out who they are. It's really cool. Uh, the next is Moxie. What is Moxie? The definition per Webster is energy pep or courage and determination or three, know-how. Like you get a little pep in your step because you're all of a sudden you've got this um, energy for other things. Like again, you're not drained by your children anymore. So you now have like ideas about what you want to do differently and how you want to do it. 
I think the other thing is the courage and determination. I am never going to be this age again. I'm never going to be this young again. And why not go for the thing? Why not go do this thing? Why not try this now? You kind of realize I've got this time freedom all of a sudden. I'm still young-ish, right? So not that anything's bad with being older, but I'm appreciating where I'm at right now. And then it's the know-how. I think, you know, you've gone through a lot of things. You've done a lot of stuff. You know things. You know stuff. And you can do a lot of things. So we've gained this knowledge over time. And I kind of, I like to add one more to this definition of moxie. I give zero fucks about things that don't matter. You kind of have this like, you know what? I don't need that in my life anymore. Like, no, thank you. And I'm, and you're good with saying no. You don't care what people think about you as much as you used to, that kind of stuff. I mean, sure, we all have some degree of it, but nowhere near what you used to. You care more about yourself and like what you think. Because again, this leads into the next thing here coming up soon, but it's just, you have so much time left, right? X amount of time. If we're doing this right and God willing, we get a full lifespan. Those are good examples of of moxie. And I think it's amazing. This is the fun part about being in the middle of life. And next, let's talk about the fun one, the really fun one. And this is for the women only, even though I think guys go through this a little bit too, but there's the fun M of menopause. Let's take a moment of silence for our uterus. This is a big one. Um, menopause happens like in stages. And you always think it's going to happen like later. And then it's starting to happen because there's a thing called perimenopause. And perimenopause is like the warm up to menopause. And so you start getting symptoms and things start happening in perimenopause. And you don't realize they're related. And all of a sudden you're like, boom, oh, I'm in menopause. Oh, all that stuff I was dealing with. Oh, those were little warning flags that something's coming. So let me just give you my example. I have been in menopause now for two years. And when they say menopause, it means you've stopped having your period for a year. So I stopped in April of 2020. Yep. Right in the beginning of quarantine, I started getting hot flashes. Good times. I had irregular periods that were happening. I had I had blood tests were being done and I had some weird inflammatory markers. Like my, my liver was showing some stress. Well, our liver helps process hormones. And when we lose estrogen, our liver, it gets more fibrous. So estrogen helps our, our liver maintain itself. So things start to maybe show a little stress, especially if you're drinking alcohol, uh, if you're taking a lot of maybe over-the-counter medications, even a lot of processed foods, your liver has to process a lot. So I had some liver things were showing up. I was like, oh, that's weird. What else did I have start happening? Um, so my periods, for example, were like I get one heavy cycle and then like heavy, heavy. And then the next cycle would show up like two weeks later and be really light, like a couple of days. And then it'd have like six week break and then heavy, heavy again. So that was kind of wonky. Just thought, okay, my hormones are out of whack. Let's figure this out. I think I was at this time. Let's back up a couple of years, right? I'm 50 now. I was 48 when I went into menopause. So probably like 46. So again, I'm thinking that's young to be going through pre-menopause, you know, or even hitting anything that remotely resembles menopause. And what I've read and learned, and if I'm wrong, somebody can definitely 
message me and let me know. But from what I've read is that estrogen helps lubricate joints and tendons, things like that. And so when you start to lose it, things start to tighten up, not as flexible all of a sudden. And it kind of worked its way up my body. Like I had plantar fasciitis, but I had, I had broken my ankle prior to this and I had been in a boot, a walking boot. And so I thought it was like, oh, was in flat feet in this walking boot. So my, 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 my arches are all jacked up. And so my plantar fasciitis I thought was because of that. However, as it kind of came and went and went on the other foot, I was like, wait, hold on a second. Why would it be on the other foot? The one that I didn't break the ankle that I didn't break and started to realize that loss of estrogen does this. I didn't read this until later until those things started happening with more symptoms that indicated I was going into menopause. But initially I thought I was just having aftermath of the broken ankle and the wearing the boot. So there's plantar fasciitis in it. It started my, my feet and then it worked its way up to my knees. And then I started getting lower back pain and random shoulder pain and just random stuff. It's kind of worked its way, like I said, through my body. And all these are like little precursors to what's coming. Hormones are basically running the show in everything in our body. That's what I've learned. And what I didn't also realize is that our liver health is a really a huge key to how we go through menopause. If we're already stressing our liver, then the liver can only handle so much at a certain time and things get sluggish and stagnant and we have a lot of issues. Um, so liver health is really important. That's actually a, a really large reason too of why I don't drink anymore because I know my liver's already kind of, it's shown issues. It's shown it's got some struggle. It's a little stagnant. So I lay off anything that's going to be really impacting my liver. So alcohol, I don't do ibuprofen. I really try and minimize my exposure to chemicals, to processed foods. And if I do, then I'm doing what I can to detox as fast as I can. So there's things I'll take like chlorophyll and I'll take uh, activated charcoal those are great things to take to help detoxify the body. There's a lot of things, guys. I mean, holy crap, there's so many things that are bombarding us on a daily basis. Liver health is a really good indicator of how you're going to go through menopause and your symptoms and all that. So one piece of advice for sure is take care of your liver. From what I understand, the, the less healthy your liver, the more symptoms you have because your body is trying to process everything. And along with some supplements, like I said, the charcoal and the chlorophyll, there are foods that support liver function. The artichoke is really a good one. Uh, cruciferous vegetables, especially broccoli, certain spices like turmeric, garlic, and ginger. Lemons are great to have, which is another thing why it's really great to have lemon water first thing in the morning, help flush the liver, get things moving. Beetroot is good. And beetroot's really good for energy as well. It helps deliver more nitric oxide to the body, and that can help really before a workout. Uh, protein. It says nuts, fish, and eggs are good for the liver. Greens, they recommend dandelion, coriander, and spinach to help with liver detoxification. Uh, blueberries. I know wild blueberries are really preferred over just regular blueberries. And you can find those, I think, it's is it Wyman's? They're a frozen in like a Costco section, you'll find them all over. I think I found mine in Sprouts even, but wild blueberries are even better. 
Avocado is great for the liver. Spirulina. Apple cider vinegar is listed as a good thing for the liver. I know that's debatable for some people. Uh, there's reports out there of why it's bad for you, and there's a lot of benefits to it as well. So you can choose what side you want to go on. Obviously, water, stay hydrated, drink lots and lots of water. This has been one of the hardest things for me to do is to drink water. I don't know why. I think when I grew up, I did not drink water. I'm pretty sure I didn't drink water. I drank soda. I drank, I don't know, chocolate milk. I did like sun. My mom made sun tea all the time. I drank sun tea. I loved iced tea. Coffee eventually when I got to college. I swear, no water. So I've just had to retrain myself with water and it's been a battle forever. I even started one time I'd like top of the hour, I would go down, I would chug an eight, eight ounce glass of water, done. Like to sip it all day long, I just, I, I forget. I just don't do it. So water's important for your liver. And then other things like herbs, milk thistle, dandelion, and green tea. And if you're trying to stay away from taking one more supplement, you can get milk thistle tea, you can get dandelion tea. So maybe replacing your coffee every once in a while and doing something like that. I want to back up for a second. I mentioned a lot of times the environmental toxins take a toll on our liver. But what also happens, it messes up our endocrine system. And our endocrine system is what our hormones are part of. So I actually found out that if you have a lot of environmental toxins in your home, um, in your everyday life, whether it's your shampoos, your conditioners, your soaps, your toothpaste, like all the things that you use on a daily basis, lotions, right? Everything, makeup, it gets into our body. And if it's a chemical or something that's not natural, or organic or normal that our body would recognize, it doesn't know what to do with it. So it goes, uh, I think maybe you're an estrogen. And so it's it it sticks that substance, that molecule onto a um, estrogen receptor on your cells. So now your estrogen receptors have these fake estrogens or called xenoestrogens on your, on your cell walls. And then it messes your whole regular production of estrogen and you know testosterone and all these different things. It messes it all up it's a really big disruptor. So if anything, you can help kind of keep menopause at bay because actually these endocrine disruptors, all the stuff like even like mold, whatever, they can actually bring menopause on early. So just a heads up on that. So you can try and clean up your lifestyle as much as possible. You can hopefully keep your hormones more regulated. So what to do? When you have these issues, you have the hot flashes. I got the hot flashes. You have the poor sleep, you wake up in the middle of the night. Another fun thing, uh, you tend to have like incontinence or you have to urinate quite frequently. I had a weird like six months of any type of jumping rope, any type of, um, I go for a walk, you guys. I have to stop and go, mm, hold on a second. Got to squeeze those pelvic floor muscles. Hold on a second. It was the weirdest thing. Hasn't happened since. It was like a six-month period, and that was gone, thank God. But that was a weird for a minute. Uh, brain fog and the mood swings. I went down this whole rabbit hole of why I'm the shittiest person in the world. And I went to the gym. I'll never forget it. I went to the gym, and I was like trying to do push-ups, and I was like crying, like tears dropping onto the gym floor. I've never been that way in my entire life. Like, sure, I've berated myself to myself. I suck at certain times. Like, oh, that was dumb. You're an idiot. And then I move on. Uh, not also not a great way to talk to yourself, but you know, whatever. Uh, but I was like 
down in the trenches with this one. It took me down for a couple of days. And then it was like the next day, like nothing had ever happened. And everything felt like a big deal. Like anything went wrong. I was like, it felt like the end of the world. So sometimes that kind of stuff. So it was like PMS, like on steroids. The bonus though, uh, is that menopause, the entire process is about an average of seven to seven and a half years. So from perimenopause to menopause, it's about a seven year process. So perimenopause for me probably was two years. I'm already two in. So hopefully I'm more than halfway through and I can get through the last couple, hopefully with some, maybe less and less as we go on. Okay. So I've given you all of this stuff that I've gone through, things to expect, but that's not really quite the truth. That's only what I've gone through. You may get to menopause and perimenopause and have zero symptoms. I mean, Honestly, if, if I've done my job right here, I've talked to you about some of the liver and the things you can do to help out. Hopefully you get your liver in a healthy place. You don't have to deal with any of this stuff. I highly recommend not waiting until you do. Start educating yourself now. Read the menopause books. Read the books about what to expect, you know, what may be coming your way. I would definitely have health practitioners ready whether it's a hormone specialist or uh, a functional medicine practitioner or a, a naturopath, somebody that's in your life that will be able to help you as you go through this. So it won't be your regular doctor. You're going to want to have blood tests drawn and make sure that you can regulate your hormone levels, find out what's going on, and then you can go down a path that feels right for you. And that may be just all natural supplements and herbs, or that may mean going down the bioidentical hormone route and doing that kind of therapy. It just, it's up to you and what feels good for you. There's definitely pros and cons of everything for sure. But I want you to know that you're not alone. I mean, women all go through this. This is just part of our process, right? And I want to look at it. I want to present it as it's like before you get to the next chapter of your life, this midlife time frame. I think menopause is like the graduation ceremony. It's like the diploma that you're given before you get to move on. And I want to reframe menopause as something to celebrate rather than dread. And if we can do it better, we can get our livers healthier. We can try and live a healthier lifestyle. Before we get to this point, then you're going to set yourself up for success. And we're going to take away a lot of this negativity around the menopause and all the things we get when it comes to the symptoms. But the bonus, you guys, no period, right? So look forward to that for sure. The other thing I think is really another added benefit is all the women you get to connect with over this. There's actually a, a social media app out there called Perry, P-E-R-R-Y. Heard about it from a podcast, of course. It is a social media app that you can go on and have conversations and talk about what you're going through, whether it's you know, mental, whether it's physical, whatever. And it may be a place that you can find people that will be able to understand what you're going through and talk to and can get it, right? I mean, not everyone in your life's going to understand, not our husbands, not our kids, you know, not our friends that haven't even remotely come close to this part of their lives yet. 
And even our parents, like our moms went through this a long time ago and life was very different back then. Very different. Hell, they don't probably remember going through it. So I want you to know that it's not all horrible. You have options to help and you're not going it alone. So seek out your friends, seek out the women that have done this before, ask for their help, ask for their advice and what they've done and what they've loved, what's helped them. And just reach out, have those conversations because it's just the big part of this is just not feeling so alone when you're going through it. It can be very lonely if you don't talk about it. So make sure you're talking about it. You're going to talk about it so much. You're going to be sick of yourself. You're going to feel like all you talk about is menopause. But it's a big part of your life. It's a huge step before you go on to the next chapter of your life. So get in there, learn, and connect. That will help a ton. Okay, on to the next. The mane, the hair. Midlife, we all start to lose our hair. This hair loss, this thinning, this is the shitty part of midlife. All of a sudden, I can see my part more. You know, my hair doesn't do what I want it to do. It's just changing. Now I can understand why when people get older, they do the older lady haircut because it's easier, it's thinner. You don't have much of it. Uh, I have resorted to, I use all these products. I have eyelash serum. I've got Nutrafol that I'm taking. Nutrafol is a is a vitamin to help with hair growth, thickness, and all that stuff. I've got cream. I'm trying to keep my hair from breaking off. Uh, I do have some baby hairs around the, my, my hairline that I'm noticing. So it's working. But you have to stay on top of it. You can't stop. Like you have to keep going. Once you... Like once you get it there, it's like, okay, I can stop taking this. No, you got to keep going or else it's going to go back to where it was. So I just have hair. That's all I ask. I have gone down the road of having extensions. I've tried everything from tape-in to MBR, you know, the beaded rose. And now I am using IBE extensions, which is individual beaded extensions. It's not as much hair. It's not tearing my hair as much as the MBR used to do. Um, It's a little less weight, which is nice. And I feel like I've just got enough to fill out what I don't normally have. It's helped me feel a little more confident. Little warning, once you go and you get them, it's really hard to take them out. So I suggest don't go in there with like, I want all this hair. Give me all the hair because you'll have this really thick hair and you'll get, oh my God, this is amazing. I've never had thick hair before. This is great. And when they go to take it out and move the row up again, once it's grown out, you're going to feel like you're snatched bald. And I'm not kidding. So prepare yourselves. Find out what's going to help with the growth. Do all the searching. Find all the products that are the ones that are the, the, the have the best reviews. And talk to your girlfriends that have thick hair. If they're taking something. When I look at somebody and go, God, she's 50 years old. She's got this thick ass hair. I'm like, God, she got blessed with these wonderful jeans. They may be extensions. So don't assume that your jeans suck that you are cursed with shitty hair. I highly recommend getting on the supplements, getting some hair growth going, babying your hair like crazy, finding out how you can take care of what you got. And if you have to, you can always supplement a little bit of extensions. Just saying. Uh, The next M, mortality. All of a sudden in midlife, you kind of start to feel like, okay, I'm hyper aware of how much time I've got left. (laughs) Uh, you start to question the things you're doing because you're like, all right, I may be halfway through this sucker. 
I was really hyper aware of like all the, the kids stuff, like the last times the kids were going to school, the high school together, like the last time the oldest one was driving the middle one to school or the last time I'd see her drive away to go off to school, the last time she drove off to go back to college for the last time, like those things. Um, the, the last time my two younger kids were going to be walking to school together, like those things came up. I mean, that was more like my early forties, but I just become more and more aware of the lasts. You know what I mean? So everything feels special. <laughs> everything feels very, I got to like take a mental picture of this, solidify it in my mind and, you know, put it back in my head, the photo album inside my brain. I do take a ton of pictures these days. Thank God for smartphones to have a camera handy to catch things. But I have a lot of moments that I've captured because I know this could be the last time. Like my daughter's last soccer game she played in college. Like I watched this child play soccer since she was three and she was getting closer to her end of her college career. There is no way I was missing any of her games. Not a one because I knew that all of a sudden it was getting closer to the end. And because of that hyper like awareness of time is I decided, you know what? I'm going to stop saying yes to things that I do not want to do. I do not want to go to another like after baseball game, hang out at the bar and grill with all the team. I don't want to do, I've done it for years. I'm done. I want to go home, have a salad or pick up something healthy on the way home or just freaking go take a bubble bath, relax, read a book, hang with my dogs. And there's times like I've already done all the superficial talk in the stands. I don't want to do it anymore at the baseball dinner. You know what I mean? So I said no to those things. My husband loves to go to live music, as do I. But the tastes that he has music are very different than mine sometimes. And like, if you want to go watch Limp Biscuit, dude, call your best buddy and have at it. So by saying no to a lot of things, there's lots more stuff that I said no to. But I just didn't want to waste any more time doing things I didn't want to do. And when I said no to those things, then it's like my writing took off. Um, I became more intentional with certain people. I had better relationships with the people I wanted to hang out with. I gave more time to those people. And then I said yes to myself more, like things I wanted to do. I wanted to go read a book. I'm going to go read a book. I'm going to go for a walk by myself. I'm going for a walk. Like I would do the things I wanted to do rather than, okay, I'll go along and do this. I did that for so many years. For some reason in middle life, I just realized, you know what? <laughs> Again, time is precious. I am no longer going to do the things I don't want to do. So not to say mortality is like a bad thing. It actually is can, can be a good thing once you realize how precious time is. I'm not taking it for granted anymore. It can be a it can be a positive. We can turn this into like a changing the way we look at life and making everything special, making moments special, saying yes to the things that light you up and saying no to the things that don't. Let's go on to the next one. So marriage in middle life. I'm here. We're getting ready to celebrate our 25th wedding anniversary. Holy crap. How do we, 25 years, that's insane. And the thing that's different about marriage now is that, again, the kids are no longer like the focus or the obligation we have to deal with. It's no longer the middle part of our day. And so we can focus more on each other, which has been really cool. Again, we still have one left at home, but we can do more things, just the two of us. We don't have to squabble about how we're parenting anymore or almost anymore. We can kind of get rid of that part. Like we're no longer going to have to like, let's figure out a game plan. How do we handle this? You take this one. I'm going to go here. It's that's all done. I'm midlife. We start to then go, oh, we actually, hey, what's going on? How like have more conversations, just the two of us. We're no longer at dinner with all the kids. We're no longer traipsing around 
like, Hey, you go here, you go there. It's like, Hey, let's, let's go for a walk and have a great conversation. So that time freedom shows up as well. Like the demands after the workday are no longer getting a kid to practice or dropping them off at a friend's house. It's now just like, Hey, what do you want to do instead? So we can do more dates with each other, spend more quality time together. So that's something that's been super great about this time frame. So again, I'm assuming people that are just like me in the situation. I know some people have kids later in life. And so you're maybe still dealing with younger kids, whatever. But I think midlife, I don't know, what's the range? You think, I mean, hell, 40 to 60, who knows? 45 to 55? I mean, that's maybe the sweet spot. But I think 40 to 60, we all kind of have these revelations and things are happening. So wherever you fall in that timeline, apply it as you need to. But we're so involved with our kids' stuff. There's a lot going on. All of our kids did sports. And so we had a ton of activities after school and a ton of things on the weekends. And so we weren't great about dating each other. And at the time when we did go on dates, we either went with another couple or we'd go and we'd go sit at the bar because a lot of times we'd, we'd kind of like last minute, hey, let's go. And then we didn't have a reservation someplace and we'd sit at the bar usually a TV on and we watch something on the TV, like a sporting event or whatever. And then we'd talk to people next to us. And the next thing you know, we really didn't talk to each other. And also a lot of times it was drinking, you know, we'd sit at the bar and order a couple of drinks and it really wasn't about each other at that point. So my goal at this point in my life is to start dating my husband again and in a different way. I like going out to dinner. That's fine. But I would rather do other things as well. Like exploring our city, going to the art fair, really getting out there and trying some new things. And I'm looking forward to changing the way that we date. Let's put it that way. So when it's just the two of us, we have a lot of fun. We joke around, we sarcastic with each other. I want to get back to those things. We have fun, but I want to have fun more often now that we're in midlife. Uh, And I'm looking forward to something else I want to do is turn the TV off more. I know this is a big challenge and especially going into the winter months, but when we turn the TV off and do other things, then we are together, like truly together. It's intentional. It's us being together. And this, this kind of goes along with us dating more, spending intentional time together. I do not want to know every movie that's ever come out. I don't want to watch every single TV show that's out in the world. I don't want to, I mean, I want to be out and living in the world. So that's my goal for us is to really get out there and do some other things. But marriage has been, you know, it's crazy time. So it's just amazing how it goes by so fast because you're, you know, focusing on the kids and whatnot. And we've always celebrated about every five years, we usually do a bigger celebration. For some reason, 25 feels like it just feels like a more significant number. We're going to the Bahamas this time, uh, right in the middle of hurricane season. So we're super smart when it comes to that stuff. We just passed Hurricane Ian and hopefully we're getting ready to uh, like be in a lull. I don't know. Not always the smartest, but we wanted to go someplace we haven't been before. And we're looking forward to the two of us going on vacation. All right. The next M, uh, mindfulness. I think when you get to middle life, it's a great time to be more self-reflective, a great time to kind of turn inward a little bit and just becoming more aware of things in life. Just being more mindful about your everyday. And I think the more mindful you are, the more time slows down. It's a great tool to stop the chaos in life is being more mindful. Meditation is something that I've been incorporating more and more in my day. Uh, I started doing this probably about four or five years ago, but not as much as I am now. 
I, I get about every other day. I'll do some meditation in the morning if I can get myself downstairs and not kind of get crazy caught up in my morning already. Uh, I'll just sit for 10, 15 minutes. I've got a little area in my living room that's like a little corner of some pillows. I sit on my pillows and I just sit there for 10, 15 minutes trying to breathe and calm myself and get ready for the day. And if it's not then, then I try and meditate at night. Um, I tend to do guided meditation in the morning and more just music or like they call them binaural beats at night. And meditation has been a game changer. It just really is a, such a great regulating tool for the self. We can get really caught up in anxiety and overwhelm in life in general. And I think meditation is such a great way to regulate our emotions and get us back in tune with ourselves. And I really, I cannot recommend it enough. Uh, and I had, like I said, Katie Rexing on last week. And Katie's a, a great example of how to incorporate in her day. If you follow her on Instagram at all, she's every morning she's on her mat and she is sitting down for at least 10 minutes and doing her meditation. And, uh, she has a program. She's got a membership program that you can join and we do guided meditations together. Uh, a couple, like I think three or four a month. And then there's like a zoom call we do together as a group. So it's, it's been a great addition to my own meditation practice. It's fun to have other people that you know are doing it with you. It's awesome. I've also added more quiet time. Like I read more books. I'm listening to more music. I'm going for walks more. Just that quiet time you get with yourself is so important. And that's been super helpful with, again, feeling more mindful. Uh, I also do a lot of journaling. I mean, journaling is fantastic to figure out what's going on inside. Figuring out what you're trying to deal with. Figuring out what's feeling good, what's feeling bad. Trying to work out some problems. It's just a great way to get things out of the brain and out of your body and onto the paper. And you can see it differently once it's on the paper. Then you kind of go, hmm, I didn't realize that was an issue. But now I'm talking about it and my, my pencil's going and or my pen's going and I'm kind of let this free flow of information go. And I realize, okay, I need to address this. Or I need to talk about this with my husband or I need to deal with this with myself. How can I deal with this better? And sometimes I even coach myself in my journaling. Like I will ask a question and I try and picture my higher version of myself answering it. It's almost like coaching yourself. And that seems to be helpful to kind of get to the, the root of like what's really going on and to actually create a solution. And that's, again, being more mindful of my emotions and the state of my being and how I am, how I'm showing up in the world. Journaling helps me kind of uncover some weak spots. It helps me develop a plan on how to fix it. Highly recommend journaling. And I'm also just really mindful of who I spend my time with because they say, right, you are the people that you surround yourself with. You're a combination of the top five people you hang out with the most. And if I'm going to be the best version of me, if I'm trying to grow and become the best version of myself, why would I hang out with, you know, people that don't help me do that? I'm much more mindful of where I spend my time, what I watch, what I take in. I still get sucked into social media sometimes. I get sucked into like the TikTok and all the funny videos. And next thing I know, I've gone a different direction. I'm like, oh my God, put the phone down. I'm still working on that. But what you take in, everything from the news, what you read, who you hang out with, I just think that's so important to like really be discerning with all of that and realize what you take in will then become the narrative in your in your brain. And so I'm really mindful about all of that. And I think that in midlife, that becomes a little bit more apparent 
because there's less distraction. Like, and there's no longer the kids and all these things are no longer there as a distraction. And I think you just, like I said earlier, just kind of that zero fucks given attitude kind of comes up. So, uh, this applies to who you hang out with. I think it's really important to acknowledge that and to realize that this is a really important time in my life. I get to do the next part of this life differently than I've done. And I'm going to choose differently. So being more mindful is, I think, the key to that. And then lastly, me. I am the focus of myself at this time of my life. And I think that's for you. We can all be kind of more attentive to ourselves, our own needs, because we're no longer being demanded by others. If you are a parent, if you're not a parent, I still think we get, whether it's work or friends, we get pulled in a lot of different directions. Maybe our parents demand a lot of our time. At the middle of life, we focus on ourselves. If we focus on what's our heart telling us, where do we feel the most aligned? What lights me up the most? And let's go focus on those things. And that's what I feel like I'm doing right now is I'm following my heart, what feels good, what feels in alignment with my soul, hence this podcast. So here we are. Uh, I love this time of my life because I feel like I'm reconnecting with myself. Like I'm doing what I love. I love to explore who I am. And I really feel like I'm more intuitive than I've ever been. So I'm really listening to myself, paying attention to how my body feels when I do something. Do I feel constricted? Or do I feel open when I do this thing? All right, I'm not going to do that because I don't feel good doing it. My body feels tense. I feel like, ugh, this doesn't feel like fun. This feels like a chore. And sure, there's a lot of things in life that we still have to do. If it's consistent, it's over and over again. I'm paying attention to that. And like, I'm done doing these things that don't light me up. I also love traveling by myself. I get to do what I want, where I want to go, what I want to eat. Do I want to sleep in? Do I want to get up early? Do I want to explore the city? Do I want to just hang out in the little local coffee shop and work all day, like and read a book or whatever? Like solo travel is a lot of fun. Uh, I've traveled a lot to Minneapolis. It's my girlfriends there that are writers um, and entrepreneurs and doing some awesome things up there. It's a co-working space called Modern Well that I go to a lot when I'm up there and it's fantastic. If you live anywhere near the Minneapolis area, I highly recommend. It's a women-only co-working space and it's fantastic. They are amazing women. They're inspiring. It feels good to be around those people. It's awesome. I've driven to Colorado by myself. I've done conferences by myself. I really want to do more of it. I feel like I really explore more things. I feel just more alive sometimes by myself. And I get to know who I am. I feel like I, and I also feel like I'm building that courage and that confidence muscle the more I do it. So super important for me. I was planning to do some solo travel for my 50th, but I think with COVID, I just didn't prepare ahead. I think, I think I put the brakes on everything at that time. And I just, before I knew it, my 50th was here. I feel like 2020 was a shit show, obviously, right? It was like twilight zone. And then 2021 was like the kind of coming out of the fog. And so the next thing you know, it's 2022. And I'm like, holy shit. My 50th is here. Didn't plan anything. I still want to do something. I don't know what it's going to be, but it just wasn't the right time this summer. But I feel like right now, this midlife is I'm, I'm, I'm seeking this growing. I want to grow and I want to keep bettering myself. And I've got this like just insatiable curiosity about life, about me, about uh, how I show up in the world, about other people. And I feel like as we get to this midlife, all of a sudden our growth becomes exponential. Like it just, we, we grow at a faster rate. And I think it's amazing. And if you haven't started going down a personal development path yet, I highly recommend 
picking up a few books that will help get your mind stirring and exploring and kind of figuring out where you can grow and how you can grow and just exploring more aspects of yourself. There's that thing that you always have done and you don't like doing it anymore. How can you change that? Go read a book, listen to a podcast, find out how you can change the behavior that you no longer like. This is the time to do it if you haven't done it already, because you're going to learn a lot faster. Uh, you get to impact the rest of your life by doing these amazing things that you're going to learn and change and fix and whatever, heal from. Fantastic time. Again, you've got more confidence you've ever had. You know more things. You've got more time freedom. There's just so many great things going on. And I, I, I highly recommend stirring that part of yourself up, that curiosity that wants to become a better version of yourself. Cannot recommend it enough. This curiosity I had started back in my early 40s and I started following it. And I am so, just so grateful for following the breadcrumbs and for learning and for wanting to keep growing and becoming a better version of myself because I I want to be a better mom for my kids, would be a better spouse. I want to be a be, you know, just a better person in the world. Personal development, personal growth, self-help, whatever you want to call it has been so impactful in my life. And I think midlife is a fantastic time to do that, which is why I don't like calling a midlife crisis. I think a midlife awakening is a much better phrase to use at this time of our life. It's exciting. Like I said, it's marvelous and messy all at the same time. I think the middle is the best part. We all know like the cinnamon roll, the middle is the best. We are one big, giant, gooey middle of the cinnamon roll right now, guys. And it's awesome. So that is my take on middle life, the midlife, the middle of life, whatever you want to call it. If you're not there yet, don't hate on it. Don't think, ugh, I get to you know, turn into my mom, you know, midlife. That's not it. You can be whatever the hell you want in midlife. Midlife gives you confidence. You you get to like do a do-over and you get some courage and some strength. And next thing you know, your life looks completely different and it's amazing. All right, that is it. Have a wonderful day, you guys, and we will see you next week. Thank you again for being here. I am so grateful for your time. And if you liked what you heard, please head to where you listen to podcasts, rate and review so we can be found by other people. Please share on Instagram, your social media channels, wherever else you go so we can reach as many people as possible so they can meet these amazing women and hear these conversations. If you'd like to connect further, you can find me over at my website at halliesawyer.com or on Instagram. I'm usually going to be at uh, Hallie underscore Sawyer or The Odd Life, which is this podcast specific Instagram account. All right. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you soon.